Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Today is Wednesday, November 27, 2019. Coming up on the special edition of Roland Martin Unfiltered. Black America is in need of a massive business plan. That's the judgment of John Hope Bryant, founder of Operation Hope and the author of the book, The Memo, Five Rules for Your Economic Liberation. Folks, it's time to bring the funk on Roland Martin Unfiltered. Let's go.
All right, John, let's talk money. And I want to I start this off. I'm going to talk about civil rights, which goes into money. And so I have all of these books right here. So these are all the speeches of Dr. King put together by Claiborne Carson's folks at Stanford University. Yeah. The Pulitzer Prize winning books by Taylor Branch, uh, Morrow, uh, I mean, all those different books. But I would dare say that the greatest legacy Dr. King left us was Operation Breadbasket. Mm. Idea came from Reverend Leon Sullivan. Yeah. Dr. King asked Sullivan and to come Sullivan talk to the incredible S work in Africa to come talk to the SCLC yeah. present First board meeting board member for Ford, I believe, or GM presented the program. Yeah. Dr. King said, we're going to adopt this. It turns into bread basket. So Martin Depp, pastor out of Chicago, writes this book yeah. and it's called Operation Bread Basket, an untold story of civil rights in Chicago, 1966 through 71. Mm. Bread Basket was about using the pulpits and pressure to get companies not just to hire people, mm. not just to put black people in senior management, but to require them to put money in black banks, mm. to require them to advertise with black media, mm. to require them to use black businesses for contracts as, as well. Yeah. King wanted there to be breadbasket chapters all across the country. Boycott was the last option right. in this whole deal. <coughs> I dare say, whenever we talk about MLK, Breadbasket, which Reverend Jackson then picked up, who he put over but then continued, is the one piece that often is not talked about. And I, and I dare say that when we talk about the issues facing black America, unfortunately, money is not number one. Or number two, or number Normally three. Normally it's mass four. incarceration, police right. brutality, right. all these other different issues. Right. And that is the fundamental one, it should be number one, to really talk about and understand where we are as a people. It drives everything else. Slavery was about money. Slavery was bad economics, really bad economics. But slavery was about money. All these, there was a, a 1865 Freedmen's Bank, as you well know, chartered by Abraham Lincoln, ran by Frederick Douglass to teach free slaves about money. And Lincoln was killed the next month. The bank fell in disrepair. And Frederick Douglass thought it was so important, he put $10,000 of his own money up to try to save the bank. Equ uh, today's equivalent? $20 million. Right. So he was not a poor man. He owned $6 million worth of real estate in Baltimore, Maryland, and rented it out to working class blacks on an equitable basis. That gave him the financial freedom to be a civil rights leader. People don't know that Dr. King's father, Daddy King, served on the board of a bank for 40 years. Citizens Trust Bank, black-owned bank in, in, uh, in Atlanta, Georgia. So he preached on Sunday, and, he, and, he, and he, he, he was a businessman and a banker Monday through Friday. And, they, and his grandfather, Eddie Williams, owned all that real estate around what we now call the King Center. They controlled their narrative so, they, so that you have the narrative today that, uh, that we all share in. But the civil rights and what I call silver rights have always been... Uh, companion pieces, but we have not understood. We are very smart, man. We're brilliant, but it's what we don't know that we don't know that's killing us. But we think we know. This money game, how to become an entrepreneur, how to become a small business owner, uh, how, what, what, what is wealth creation, which is different from making money? Mm -hmm. Okay, all this whole game, ownership, that's not something that we were ever instructed on. And so we, we suffer because that's the game that we all live through. We live in, a, in a, a democracy, yes, but it's an economic democracy. It's a, it's, a, it's, it's a democracy rooted in free enterprise. 
we aren't free unless you understand the free enterprise system and use it for your own benefit. And, and when you talked about civil rights and silver rights, th those two were connected. But I think what ha I think what happened was again is that when we talk about the Black Freedom Movement, some call civil rights movement, the economic part is what's always left out. Right. When people recount Dr. King's "I Have a Dream" speech. That's never, not even what the actual name of the speech was. Normalcy Never Again was it. But everybody focuses on the part where he's like, let's hold hands and we can get along and little black boys, little black girls. You're talking about a check. But he was, right. He was talking about, <laughs> ra it was a radical economic speech. Yeah, we come here to cash a check. Martin non sufficient funds. So it's not even just <coughs> what, quote, they have taught us. I have given King Day speeches so, and Black History Month speeches, and I say, stop talking about the dream part if you're going to ignore the top two-thirds of the speech. So our hero, Ambassador Andrew Young, in the Civil Rights Movement, he and Dr. King would go into a, into a town. Dr. King wouldn't march after 3 o'clock because he wanted the media to get the, get the film on a, on a plane to New York City in time, process for the 5, what was then the 5 and 6 o'clock news. Right. It wasn't emotional. It was strategic. And it was tactical. And after they marched a while, because all those people were black folks in that town, after they marched for a while and shut down the economy, then he would say to, to Ambassador Young, he called him Andy, Andy, go put a business suit on. Go meet with 100 business leaders behind closed doors and cut a deal to get the whites-only signs down from those. Because it was all about, think about it, it was, uh, it was uh, the, the soda shops and the, soda, and, and the, and the, uh, uh, the uh, department stores, it was the businesses that took those whites-only signs down first, not business, not government. The businesses then forced the government to do the right thing because 100 business leaders told the mayor, enough of this stuff, they're black, I'm white, but the, but the money's green, and we're suffering. It was economics that drove the, the desegregation of most of these small towns. It was Andrew Young and Dr. King working as partners, and by the way, NAACP, and by the way, the other civil rights leaders. We're talking about in this narrative that it was talk without being offensive, listen without being defensive, and always leave even your adversary with their dignity. Because if you don't, they'll spend the rest of your life trying to make you miserable. It becomes personal. He wanted to leave, he wanted to, he wanted win-win, and that was, you take these whites only signs down and everybody prospers because now you've got black dollar and mm -hmm. white dollar coming back to your store again, but they're not coming through the back door. They're going to come through the front door. You know, the drive drive throughs uh, came from black folks being forced to, to do business through the window. That's where drive throughs came from. We don't understand a lot of this history and we we're getting very emotional now and getting very uh, caught up in the fervor of whatever. And we don't have a business plan and a strategy. And even if you want to distribute money like a socialist, if that's your thing, you got to first collect it like a capitalist. So we can real sophisticated. Let's be real basic. On your block, people are aging. They need they need uh, uh, care in the house. Elderly. That's thirty bucks an hour. Somebody can start a nursing care business. You don't need credentials. You don't need a bunch of certifications. And you can you can make a hundred thousand dollars a year. Well, in fact, if you look at and I would say probably the last <clears throat> ten years. Um, whenever every month when the unemployment stats come out, uh, the Bureau of Labor Statistics also releases where the job growth has been. Yeah. And in the last decade, or po possibly even longer, every single month, job growth has been in the healthcare sector in that particular area. That's it. And, and I remember doing a panel at Congressional Black Caucus, and we were talking about jobs, we were talking about the future, 
And I said, if you, I said, if you want to major in something in college, if you want to understand that, go look at, I said, the, I said, the stats are there. The, this is where the, uh, the jobs are contracting. And this is where the jobs are increasing. And I said, it's right there. I said, it's, it's, I said, it's public. I said, to understand where we're going in the future. I t a student comes to me and says, I want to major in journalism. I say, don't. Right. <laughs> not because not because media is disappearing. Right. Because where the jobs have gone, it is shifted from newspapers, from radio to digital. Now it's a different skill set, sort of different requirement. And so it requires a different thinking. We're talking about sub $20 trillion of GDP every year. Just, you know, just $17, $18 trillion of GDP. The music business, for which my mentor Quincy Jones is in, I love it. You know, my boy, T, my boy Ti. All right, the music is fifty-four billion, okay, which sounds like a lot of money until you think about part of seventeen trillion. And of the fifty-four billion, seventeen million, a billion of that is inter, is sort of the the singing and performing part. Mm -hmm. Most of that are lawyers and publishing mm -hmm. houses, boring stuff, accountants, right? That don't go away. The entertainers recycle three to five years. Right. Now, where's the money? Financial services. Real estate in, in the economy, financial service, real estate, healthcare. That's half of the whole deal. Financial services, I'm in real estate, I'm in those two businesses, right? Uh, and healthcare, my father in law is in that business, the 22nd largest black owned business in America, uh, Dr. David Dalton. We're, we're in, in, in the top three sectors, which is, I don't know, eight, nine trillion, uh, trillion of the 17 trillion. We're looking for love in all the wrong places. We need to be practical, we need to be non emotional. We need a business plan. We need radicalize a radical reimagination of economic empowerment in the black community. Now, reason, Straight up. The reason I'm smiling. So uh, a week ago, I was in uh, I was in Maryland. Uh, the Maryland Black Caucus asked me to speak uh, keynote their um, legislative uh, um, uh, weekend, yeah. the retreat. And during the Q and A portion, brother stood up and he said, um, he, he said, you know, we need a, a black Alec. Uh, what? Alec, the legislative exchange, okay, right. uh, which was really all these corporations in terms of and how they were funding this group. Then they were actually passing legislation that initially started off for economic reasons. But then they got into voter suppression, ID, stand your ground law, stuff along those lines. So a young brother stands up and he says that, you know, that we really need to get to and get access to uh, Beyonce, Jay-Z and others. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? I said, you got this thing completely screwed up. He's like, what do you mean? I said, show me another community where they are being led by entertainers. I said, it's no, but this is what I told him. Yeah. I said, I said, I said, where are you located? He told me he's in Baltimore. Yeah. I said, why would you not say if Alec is really a, company corporate driven group that actually funds Alec. Yeah. I said, why won't you go to black companies? And I told him, I said, so you want to go get entertainers? I said, is it for publicity reasons or do you actually want to move legislation? Is his ego and he, his, and he, yeah. and he, and he, and he, he complete. And he said, he said, well, I was thinking to go big. I said, you can never go big unless you start small. That's right. Every big business was once a small one. Wait a minute. All the entertainers that we cite who actually have a B next to their name, who's black, billionaires, who are, mm. 
didn't make their billions in entertainment or sports. They made their billions using their brand equity to license, to do licensing deals, to do business deals. Mm -hmm. So if it's, you don't want to talk about uh, uh, Jay-Z, that's through business. Beyonce, through business. They used their profile and pivoted to business. Um, uh, Sean Puffy Combs. Well, oh, same thing. LeBron is doing. LeBron and, and, and others uh, are doing. Uh, Michael they're, Jordan. They're doing business. But, Oprah Winfrey. But, but, but it's yeah. all business. And that's why it's the business. I, of and sports, that's why I was, I was. I was trying. I was. Uh, we would talk about this because again, I think that we get so Emotional. preoccupied with again. And I and I totally get it. And first of all, anybody understand? I'm not dissing any entertainer. But well, we need them. But, but but they will tell you. Again, as T.I., we were, we, no, first of all, we were at, we were at your form yeah. uh, last year when he That's said, brilliant. when he said, we have to, we have to monetize our culture, not just take the small check. He said, wait a minute, if it's our culture, we should be making the most money off our culture. Here's the real, the real sin, Roland. We're spectators in our own world. We're consumers at best, and we're spectators in our own world. There are there are three folks in any enterprise: civil rights, civil rights, uh, your media company, my real estate company, my nonprofit that's about financial empowerment, whatever the thing is. Uh, this family, uh, your family, we, it, it's your house. Uh, uh, here's the three things: you have a hunter, <laughs> you have a, a preparer slash skinner, and you have a cook. The hunters, you and me, we're going out, we're we're cutting deals, we're closing deals, we're doing things. Uh, we're securing uh, things. Uh, number two, then you got the preparer. They're preparing analysts, financials, uh, editors, and then you got the cook. They produce the content and deliver a quality product. Your back end of your deal. For me, it's uh, financial empowerment services for Operation Hope. It's home ownership. The guy who made this suit, we put in business. He's doing a million six a year. Raises credit scores 100 points. My people are delivering on my promise as the hunter, as the cook. All those are, sh are shareholders, stakeholders in that dream. Then you have a spectator who I have no interest in any of that stuff going on. But we got a lot to say. And if you're spending four or five hours of your day tweeting, Instagramming, blogging, social media things, arguing, arguing about something you have no interest in. And, and, and that is not tied to your business. Like, for instance, someone told me, Roland, you're on social media. I'm like, it's yeah. your business. I said, but that's the, I said that's the business. That's right. I said it's not just hanging out. That's the business. Reverend Jackson, what Jackson once said, there was two two hobos who got kicked off a train. One of them said, "Man, I'm a, I'm upset. I got kicked off this train." The other one said, "Yeah, I'm upset too." One guy said, "Yeah, I'm gonna sell it to you." The other guy said, "I'm gonna buy it." <laughs> Neither one of them own anything and can't even have to buy a ticket on the train. We're having ridiculous, time-consuming. This is the part that gets me. Wasteful, inefficient conversations. Life is moving on. There's something worse than hate. There's something worse than racism. Radical indifference. When people don't care enough about you, they hate you. It's like, whatever. Private schools, private roads, private homes, private jets, private communities, private lives. They're like, I don't, I, I don't even understand. I don't want, just keep your drama away from me. Black folks, we have got to, we're so brilliant. Man, look at what we've done in sports and inter entertainment communication. When the rules are published and the playing field is leveled, we kill it. I'm going right. to say it. When the rules are published and the playing field is level, we kill it. I wrote a book called The Memo because, it's, because, we don't, because there's no rules for free enterprise, capitalism, entrepreneurship, home ownership, uh, uh, any kind of ownership. Those rules are opaque. We have to understand those rules. We have to master those rules. 
because they, they affect all the other rules. Brother walks up to me in, in, in uh, Bahamas on vacation for a minute. Brother says, oh man, I've seen your videos. And I want to thank you, by the way, for inspiring me to, to do so. He goes, hey, I saw your videos. You know, show me how to get, get paid, John. He's, he owns a little jet ski business. Show me how to get paid. I said, I don't know how to get paid. Oh man, you playing with me. Show me, come on now, show me how to make money. I really don't know how to make money. Now you, you mess with my man in my head. I've seen your videos, John. I said, look, man, I can show you how to build wealth. I don't know how to get paid. I don't spend any of my time thinking about how a drug dealer can get paid, a gangster can get paid, a, with all due respect, a prostitute, all kinds of people can get paid. That's not building wealth. Wealth's a mindset. You make wealth, you build wealth in your sleep, okay? Stocks, bonds, real estate, investments. This is, you know, what you've done is an investment. It's building dividends when you're asleep. It's earning a return for you. We've got to master this next generation of the movement. And we've got to do it now. We've got to stop being spectators and consumers and having a, a share of voice but not share of ownership. Well, and it's interesting because we talk about that uh, wealth state of mind. So I, I, the, the other book, and again, I'm, I'm doing it for a reason. I know you don't so, have my book there. I'm, so I'm, I got I'm, your I'm book. Messing with you. First of all, we previously had a conversation, so I already got your book. I'm messing with so you. So this is Dorothy Cotton's book. So Dorothy Cotton book is if your back's not read, bent. Uh, uh, Letter from Birmingham Jail. Absolutely. From Dr. King. Yeah. Dr. The role of the citizenship education program in the Civil Rights Movement. So this was the only woman who was in Dr. King's inner circle, so she was over the Bad citizenship girl. program. Yeah. Here's what's interesting here. So Dorothy Cotton, and she, Dr. She, she writes in here that if you wanted to join the SCLC, you couldn't just join the SCLC. You had to first go through her program. You would go through her program, and John Bryant walks in, they go, we need to assess you. Mm. And they would take you through an assessment. Mm. Then they had they would decide, do you need to be reprogrammed? Wow. She writes it. Wow. They would take you through their process, and then you can join SCLC. I have been saying, and we're gonna do really do this really, I want to do this really just, and I'm I'm I've Visually, I know how I want it to look, but I'm sort of putting it all together. I believe, and because it aligns what you just said, that there has to be a radical reprogramming of Black America. Absolutely. A, a, a an, I, an understanding that, in terms of sort of how you look at it, I tell the story all the time when you talk, and I want you to share it. Uh, the brothers in the Nikes. <laughs> One of those brothers had a he was he was programmed differently yeah. than the other brothers he was talking to. Yeah. So we're in 4,000 schools teaching financial literacy, which I think is, the, is a, the new civil rights issue for the 21st century, financial literacy. And this, so we have this program in Derrick, in, in, in Detroit, and we have, it's called Banking Our Future from Operation Hope. And this young man, Derrick, goes to the program. The first session, he's just sitting there like, yeah, with the other kids, like, yeah, whatever, man. Volunteer banker is teaching it. And the banker's got a suit on. Um, I think the banker was actually black, but I'm not sure. It's been a few years. And, uh, and I'm in there as an observer. And by the second, third session, third week, Derek has showed up with a suit on himself, role modeling the banker or the businessman. So by the way, fourth session, he's raising his hand. He's all into it. He graduates, get a certificate. He's walking down the hall with great pride. He's graduated from the program. He's focused on his future. His friends say, hey, man, what you doing hanging around with them? That ain't nothing. What you doing? Who are these people? He's like, man, I just went to a financial literacy course. That ain't nothing, man. I go up and say, look, guys, hey, hold on. Let's stop having a non-productive conversation. I'm going to give you all 70 bucks. Make a decision about Nike. 
You got five minutes. The other two guys said, look, we're real smart. We're smart. We don't need five minutes. We're going to buy some Air Jordans. Derek, I'm going to buy one share of Nike stock. They jump on him, man. Hey, man, you talking about buy some Nike stock. That's whack. You need some Air Jordans. Everybody's got Air Jordans. Purple Air Jordans, Fuchsia Air Jordans, uh, strip, Stripe Air Jordans. Everybody's got Air Jordans. You need to get you some, like everybody else, you need to be popular, get you some Air Jordans. They're jumping. I said, Derek, you need me to defend you? No, 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 man. It's cool. I want them to buy those shoes. Because when they do, they're making me money. They're building my wealth. Because I'm a shareholder in Nike. Boom. There's a difference between being broke and being poor. But here's the funny part. You said $70. You need 100 bucks to buy some Nikes. <laughs> or $200 for those Jordans. Okay. I'm sorry, some Jordans. I'm saying, yeah. The Nike stock, he can actually at least buy a share with that's that right, $70. Right. And again, share and, price, and again, yeah. that's that that is a that that's a totally different mindset. It, right. It's 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 not getting and it's so funny. And, you bring that story. That kid will never be poor. You bring that story up. Broke, you bring that poor. story up. And I, I work when I had my show News One Now on TV One. I had a sister who and she I mean, she she played Division One A basketball and she I mean, she was a Nike fiend. She had Nike collection, everything. And that's great. So one day I, cool. I was sitting, I had my feet my propped up, and I had these white starter tennis shoes on. She's like, oh, my God. What? I mean, she just, I mean, what are you doing? What are you wearing? I was like, you know I don't give a damn what you think. <laughs> I said, I don't Ooh. give a damn what nobody else thinks. That's it. But then I said, let me explain to you that's how, it. I, said, let me explain yeah, you how I got these. She was like, I, what? I said, I went to the Baltimore Ravens-Houston Texans game in Baltimore. Yeah. We were going to go, I said, Texans had me passes. I'm going on the field before the game. I said, I had on uh, some Skechers. I was driving. I said, damn, realize I forgot my tennis shoes at home. Mm. So it's 1030 in the morning. Yeah. Sunday morning. I'm like, hey, what's open? Sports store not open. Only thing that's open, Walmart. Mm. We go to Walmart. I had one priority, a pair of white tennis shoes. Right. Not White Nikes, right. not white Adidas, That's right. white tennis shoes. I'm right. going through the store. I'm looking. It was a pair of starter shoes, $25. Works for me. The prerequisite, they need to be white. Yeah. That's all I needed. Yeah. Comfortable, put them on, $25, $12.50 a shoe. Yeah. I'm good. And we were having this discussion, and I told her, I said, I don't care. I said, I literally don't wake up and put clothes on and then wonder what the hell somebody else is thinking. Mm. I say, because I'm never going to spend $200 on a pair of shoes. I said, now, when I had to buy, so, and see, people think, people think that, like, man, you just techie dude. Okay, which is true, because if y'all were sitting here, y'all would see, you know, the softbox lights, the portable yeah. lights, oh, he's got the can, all the different cameras. Yeah. But here's what people don't realize. Because this is my business, every single one of these items is a write-off. That's right. That's so right. it's an adult toy. Right, but it pays, so people it, like, pays a return. But it's a write-off that right. I'm using to build a business in order to get paid and generate wealth. And that's the, and I'm like, guys, we, while you're asleep, we, I said, we, we, we it, so it, it requires a reprogramming to say, I don't give a shit what you think about what I'm can wearing. You, can you use that word? On yes, your I can. Cause the show <laughs> called, the show's called Roller Martin Unfiltered. No, I don't give a shit. I, I like literally, and I've had this attitude since I was in middle school. I, I, I would tell students, I don't give a damn what y'all think. 
because I'm yeah. not here yeah. to impress you. Quincy Jones says, not one ounce of my self-worth depends on your acceptance of me. I say it's not what people call you, it's what you answer to that's important. And never ever answer out of your name. And argue with a fool proves there are two. We have got to start writing our own narrative. We have got to start getting to the facts of the matter. Here's a fact of the matter. Here's a here's a here's a drop the mic moment on your show. We focusing on this, we focusing on that, we we obsessed with this, we're spending hours of time focusing on somebody else's business. Forty one percent of all African Americans credit score below six twenty. I'm not talking about poor people. Mm-hmm. PhDs, advanced degrees, people with suits and ties, 40, half of folks basically watching your show, maybe maybe because of this index, maybe 60% of folks watching your show, uh, have a credit score below 620. Why does that matter? Why, why? So You can't get a job without the, right, without the corporation running a credit check. You can't, you've got a brilliant, brilliant business idea. You've got a patent. You spend all your time doing it. You go to church every Sunday. You're the nicest person on the planet. You can't get an unsecured loan for high risky credit, for risky credit called a, a small business loan under 700. Also, it absolutely also, matters. Also, and this is, I, I remember when, when I had my Sunday show, Watch It and Watch, I said, we're going to do a whole hour on credit. Uh, Jay Feldman, my executive producer, he goes, look, that, that's not an hour show, Roland. I said, oh, no, it's a I said, let me be, I said, let me be clear. No, let me. So let me be, let me be real clear. <laughs> We're doing an hour show. And Jay's like, Roland, it's not an hour. And again, for people who are paying attention, I was host and managing editor. So I had final authority. Right. I said, we're doing an hour show on the credit. Right. Show's over. He said, that's a damn series. Yeah. I said, that's what I was trying to tell you. I said, the reality is, uh, I said, once we begin to get into it, if you're in the military and your credit score is, score is low, you will credit. not be able to get a higher security clearance because of your credit score. That's right. And and I have been and I've railed against these companies because these 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 companies where they are where you, where you have these algorithms and how they even do it. Because what drove me crazy was when after when when I, I filed for bankruptcy, paid everything off. Decided, so you know what? The hell, I'm not wasting time with credit cards, all this sort of stuff along those lines. So I'm looking at, I'm like, why in the hell is my credit score uh, lower? And then, and so we we did this show. They're like, oh, because they want you to buy stuff. They want you. And I was like, well, hell, I said, I already got my house. I already got my cars. I already got. I said, I'm not out here buying stuff mm-hmm. because I because because literally, I, I said, no, I'm gonna just pay stuff off. And as we went through this whole deal, and we had the experts on, they were talking about how you need to understand. The credit game and That's how right. it's being used against you and and how you need to know right flip the script and that was the piece that we really yeah. had a great conversation about so we're raising the credit scores 120 points in 24 months nothing changes your life more than God or love than moving your credit score 120 points do you know that there's never been a riot in a 700 credit score neighborhood Roland in all of America's history black neighborhood, white neighborhood, Latino neighborhood, Asian neighborhood, Indian neighborhood, never in all of America's history. Because 700 credit score, credit score neighbors don't ride, they go shopping. All of our problems, real talk now, are in a 500 credit score neighborhood. I didn't say racial, because you have white, poor, rural, who are 500 credit score. You have outside of military bases, all races, mm-hmm. 500 credit score. And you have black and brown urban. Here's what you see in those neighborhoods. A check casher, next to a payday loan lender, next to a rental-owned store, next to a title lender, next to a liquor store, next to a pawn shop, at a church down the street trying to make it feel a little bit better once a week. We call that unofficial therapy. We are, rea- we are reacting. We're not responding. It's ready, fire, aim, not ready, aim, fire. 
we are being, this is really modern slavery. It's Andrew Young quote, to live in the system of free enterprise and not to understand the rules of free enterprise must be the very definition of slavery. So what I'm trying to do, four, four million clients, $3 billion that have, we've directed in these communities through the Freedmen's Bank, Bank uh, after 1865 and moving that forward, well, what, what I want to do is become the Starbucks of financial inclusion. I want to be, I want to be everywhere, 10% of the banking sector, forcing them to get out of the, the no business and back into the yes business because my mother's credit score is 876, which means she's not black, she's green. She goes to the computer rolling, and whatever she wants, the answer is yes, at prime rates. Now, 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 and that's why, and stay right there, because when you talk about the 120 points for the person, again, not understanding basic economics, um, we made it simple. That is the difference between. I, I, I'm gonna use example when I filed for bankruptcy. So here I had this. By view. the way, I love that. Whatever your narrative is, man, you own it. Like oh, we gotta, I mean, we gotta own I, our stuff. I, I was I, homeless, right? No, I lost I, it all. My credit score was 300. No, I, I, the reason I have no, no no problem with that because that is the reality. I had to file bankruptcy. No, you're not because, insecure. But yeah, but also, <laughs> I had to file bankruptcy because of health. I my appendix ruptured. 2000 Democrat National Convention. Four years, they're calling me almost $100,000 in bills, and s nearly 70% of Americans file bankruptcy largely because of health care. Well, we need a, to start that, having this conversation. Right, and, and, and the thing is, the, the reason it was a trip, there were all these people, these black people, man, who were stressing out and everything. I will never forget, John. I will never forget. I'm sitting here, and I was kind of like, man, look, are they calling, they're writing letters, and I'm sitting in, so I, I, have, I, I meet with this bank, bankruptcy lawyer, and she says, the moment you file for bankruptcy, they can no longer call you or write you. I said, really? <laughs> Pass me the document. <laughs> no. I, I went, really? I was talking to a friend of mine mm -hmm. who had filed bankruptcy, and he was a vice president at a newspaper. He said, Rowan. He said, man, I filed before. He said, let me explain something to you. Six months after you file, he said, your mailbox is going to be full with credit applications. Now, we're not advocating everybody to file bankruptcy. No, 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 no. But it's, 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 but, it's but, but, inappropriate. But, but the thing is, what, no, but here's what was a trip. Well, he was saying, he said, Roland, he said, so when they, we've been taught, oh my God, it's going to destroy your credit. He said, <laughs> he said, hey, yeah. th that ain't going to all of a sudden just like, just totally change your game. Yeah. But what was interesting, I'm sitting in the class. So I'm sitting next to this white guy. And this is his third time in there. And he's talking to me, and he's really telling me, oh, yeah, we bought this and this and this and this and this and jet skis and all this sort of stuff, and I gave it to my son, you gave a, it to you, me. You have, you have Dude, a head of state that's he filed a couple All times. this sort of stuff, he said, yeah, and then I filed. And I'm listening to him. But, but, but John, here was the thing. I'm sitting in this room, and I'm looking at the white people in the room, and I'm looking at the black people in the room, and the black people in the room are stressed the hell out. I'm just sitting there looking at it. And I'm looking at these white folks in the room, and I don't see the same level of stress. Yeah. And when I started having a conversation, I began to understand why. What am, I, what am I saying there? What did it for me was when she said, they can't call you, and then when she began to walk through it, I went, file. Unemotional, didn't stress me out, and people were like, you file? I was like, yeah, I'm good. Because my deal is I understood the rules. I said, hold up. This happened, this happened, this happens. Yeah, I'm good. And look at you now. Because I wasn't straight. But the key is for but us, it's killing us. It's, yeah. it's eating us up. And we're sitting here. I don't know what I'm going to do. And I'm like, y'all, to your point, it's a dude sitting in the White House. 
but not so here's a larger issue. Okay, we don't really have time in this conversation. But America's 350 years enslaved, 150 years free. So for 300 years, our ancestors were told, "You ain't nothing. You, you, you ain't you ain't nothing. You're gonna amount to nothing. We're not gonna give you education. You, you're not. You're just property." It, and, and it held you down and abused your wife to prove you can't do nothing about it, to break your spirit, it, okay? Because they needed chattel property. They need you not to rebel and to do the work because it was about bad capitalism. They need you to stay Toby. Right. Now, fast forward. Now you got people with a broken spirit, broken self-esteem, broken confidence, broken belief, broken trust. All right. Now, the, this Abraham Lincoln, at the end of the Civil War, says... 40 acres and a mule, which is really, by the way, only 18,000 people got 40 acres and a mule. It was 400,000 acres. It's Field Action 15. Please do your research on that. That was January of 1865. The mule came because we worked so de the, the, the land so well, so hard. It was, by the way, beachfront property, which was horrible land for agriculture. But we worked it so hard, they said, my God, they're so industrious. Give them a mule. That was the mule February. The net, by the way, no Instagram, no Twitter, no Facebook. We just worked and word of mouth. The third month, they said, my God, they're so industrious. Let's create a bank. So land, mule, bank. Then Lincoln gets killed the fourth month. So, so here's our deal. Let's fast forward to, to and no one talked about money with us for another hundred years. And it wasn't a banker or a businessman or a real estate person. It was Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., a preacher. God bless him for doing it. And he gets killed before the first March. Here's my point. It's not like we got the memo on free enterprise, capitalism, economics, and opportunity and screwed it up. We just never got the memo. We never read it. We don't understand it. It was never presented to us. And my mission in my life, my part of this relay race, is to make we have sure we have broad-based, deep understanding of what you just talked about. We need to get our self-esteem back, our confidence back. Because if I don't like me, I'm not going to like you. If I don't feel good about me, I'm not going to feel good about you. If I don't love me, don't expect me to love you. If I don't love me, I can't trust you, that which now means that when you have black folks who are not doing business with one another. When I hear black people say, well, you know they black, and I'm sitting there going, man, I've been screwed by some white businesses. That's right. I'm like, so let's not even play, that's why, I literally tell people, no, don't even say that. There were people who, and I said this at TV One, I said, if anybody on this staff even utters the phrase, well, you know we black, I said, uh, you're not gonna have a job. Because I said, you cannot work on this show and have an attitude that we're second rate, we're less than. My doctor's black. My, my vendors for the Promise Homes Company are, uh, let me see, 60% African-American. It's a $100 million uh, company. Uh, my, my employees are incredibly diverse. I, I mean, I, but 70% but, uh, but, uh, so of my vendors in my personal life, for me and Shatra, are African-American. By, by, and by the way, they do a great job. Right. So, so you can't be black for a living, okay? You can't reject us or embrace us because we're black. You should be a great leader who happens to be black. And right. there are plenty of good businesses. But if you don't support your own, how are you going to create jobs? How are you going to create wealth in your community? How are you going to, everything, it all is interconnected. I think that probably 60, 70% of us may be clinically undiagnosed depressed because of what happened to us over this whole period. And it makes sense. We have got to. Wait a minute, wait a minute. He said it. Mm. No. Where do we go from here? Chaos or community. In Dr. King's book, mm. where do we go from here? Chaos or community. He wrote in 1967. Really? It is a miracle that black people are still here. Yeah. He 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 literally and people. Dr. King had clinical depression. He sure he did. Yeah. He literally yeah. wrote in this book that because of yeah. what we endured, yeah. what you just said, right. he actually said that's what we've had to deal with. He said, "But 
we still got to press forward. That's right. That's what he wrote. Rainbows after storms. We, man, we are resilient. We're unbelievable. Over the round it, through it, we're going to get to it. We're doing so much with so little for so long, we can almost do anything with nothing. We're amazing, and we're focused on the wrong goal. You cannot have 40 million Americans trying to be 300 rappers. It's not good math. You cannot be, have 40 million Americans, African Americans, trying to be 300 uh, uh, LeBrons. By the way, I, I think LeBron is a genius, but LeBron is is a personality. I can't scale him. I love T.I. That's my boy. I can't scale T.I. I think Oprah's amazing. Like, she's amazing. I can't scale Oprah. We're, we, we have 40 million black folks trying to be, I don't know, 20, 30 personalities that aren't scalable. And their companies employ 200, 300, 40 people, which is great. No, you need a, a black Bill Gates. You need a black Steve Jobs. You need Dr. David Dalton, who's doing $220 million a year in Baltimore, Maryland. My, my father-in-law, you need, you need people creating hundreds and thousands of jobs and that's, and, and, and billionaires creating millionaires creating creating there hundred thousand heirs who then doing philanthropy in their own community. It's a that's trickle down economics and, and that's why that for me what I keep saying is with 2.6 million black owned businesses but 2.5 million only have one, one employee, employee and they're doing an average revenue of fifty four thousand yeah. dollars. I said so when people I, I was someone said Roland you said we don't need any more black businesses. I said we don't. They were like, what? I said, no. I said, of the existing black businesses, we need scale. Yeah. I'm all I about said, scale. I said, scale. And, yeah. as, and as, one look, as one looked at me, she's like, but I said, no. I said, if I run around and say, let's create 100,000 more black-owned businesses and 95,000 of them have one employee, I said, what have we actually done? But then this would have blew her well, away. Well, we would have we no, created at least one job. Right, right, right. No, 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 no. But this would blew her away. I said, we had, I said, do you know when we had 1.9 million black owned businesses? They were doing an average revenue of 110,000. Mm. She went, wait a minute, hold up. I said, so yes. I said, in the last eight years, we've added 700,000 more black owned businesses and the revenue is in half. Yeah. And that's what stopped her in her tracks. I said, so I said, I need you to hear me. I'm not saying we shouldn't go into business. I said, but this is a scale issue. That's right. I said, we need businesses that are, right. that are employing five and 10 and 20 and 30 and 50 and 100. And what, what really, so like what blew, because what started this whole deal, I told her when she's, when I, I was talking to her about when I started uh, this show, which is this, I already had the company, but started the show. I said, well, I just tell you, I said, average revenue 54,000, right. right? She said, yeah, I said, how much revenue you think my company did the first year? And I told her, I said, I didn't pay myself. I right. said, I said, we did 700,000 in revenue in the first year. Yeah. I said, you know, I have 12 employees. Right. She went, I said, so you know, immediately in the first year, I am in the top percentile of black owned businesses in the country. Absolutely. So, and that, and I said, but it's scale. But so, to your point about working yeah, together, yeah. what I'm trying to build is a network that's not rolling focus, but that brings in, you say you can't scale Oprah or TI. My deal is how can I bring in other voices that's right. who don't have as large a platform as I do, bring them under the umbrella to help grow the business and now all of a sudden go from one show to three to five to ten or more that scale yeah. and not being not being afraid to work with black people. Oh absolutely. And to, and by the way, to, to give credit, Oprah under the own network has done that uh, in her own way. So I'm, again, 
we start to focus on the negative of the precisely versus the positive. I don't want anybody thinking I'm dissing Oprah. Oprah gave me the use your life award. I love her. I'm just saying everybody can't be Oprah. Right. But no, everybody no, can be no, in real no, estate. No, no, everybody no, no, can no, be no, an I, engineer. I, I, I tell her, let me let me, yeah. let me flip that. Yeah. You're not okay. There can be one Oprah who's who's okay. So people don't understand. There can be one Oprah who's the host. But Oprah had to have producers. That's right. And camera folks. That's right. And technicians. That's right. And field producers. And, and editors. A quarter million a year, hundred thousand a, 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 a year. And you don't, you don't, they don't worry about what Buying their fingernails houses. look like, That's right. what their hair looks like. So the point is, there's. So when you say I can't, right? There's one host. That's right. There's one person who's in the center stage of the microphone. That's right. But behind Ti are business managers, accountants, lawyers. It's, it's an entire team. infrastructure. That's right. And so you're saying it can only be one rapper, right? But it's a hundred folks behind them. We understand the hundred and not just the one. So this is simple math. My Jewish friends it was 18 million of them. A third of them were assass were assassinated in the uh, Holocaust. 12 million left. They built up. They gone from 12 million to 15 million in the world. They're a, a global brand, but they decided to go into industries that were broad based. So now you have 15 million people going after accounting, finance, communications, you know, all these different industries. So their funnel is like this. So that so that all of them get opportunity. Now you have four flip it. Now you have 40 million black people trying to go after sports, essentially communications and entertainment, which is a, a narrow and as you said earlier, a narrowing funnel of limited opportunity based on not your necessarily your talent, but your personality and whether you were in the right place at the right time with the right situation. I just don't like those odds. I think that we need to we we need to go we need to train up a whole generation of us to be on this playing field not as spectators but as owners. Own a lawn care shop. Own 10 of them. Own a daycare shop. Own 10 of them. Own get a, you want to be on a barbershop great. Let's get 10 of them. We need scale. Right. We need scale. And we need to understand this game. Two and a half years ago I went into real estate, right? Two and a half years ago from a dead stop it's now a hundred million dollar company, three and three percent, three hundred and three percent growth in two and a half years, and I don't even run it. Somebody else runs it. I have a whole complete system, but I understand the game. I understand how. I understand leverage. I understand debt. I understand equity. I understand wealth creation. I understand how to scale up that business because I took the time to get trained. And on the nonprofit side, Operation Hope, five hundred and fifty-three percent growth in five years, one hundred and fifty locations in thirty states. Raising credit scores 120 points in 24 months. By the way, nothing I just said was emotional. It wasn't say, it wasn't kumbaya, you gotta love me, oh, you know, feel good about, no, 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 no. Judge me based on what I do and what I deliver. Then, then, then you, and, and talk to my clients, talk to the four million people whose lives are fundamentally reshaped, who now see their lives, they, everybody sees themselves as a, a, a fisher with a fishing pole and fishing directions in, right. a, in a lake that's got some fish in it. And, and by the way, your, your hypertension goes down then, your stress goes down mm -hmm. then, your, your hate for other people goes down then, and you don't have time to gossip. You don't have time to be hanging out at the clubs three nights a week because you're busy taking care of your business. I think that families get strengthened. Here's the five, the five pillars of success, Roland. As much education as you can shove down your throat. <laughs> Understanding math, financial literacy, strong family structure, self-esteem and confidence, because if I don't like me, I'm not going to like you. And then I got to have the confidence to go do in this world. You have enormous confidence. That's why you're so successful. And then role models in a good environment. But if you hang around nine broke people, you'll be the 10th. So we need a business plan that works. That business plan needs to be 
Again, massive financial uh, education, as much as you can shove down your throat. And it, pick a lane. I don't care which one it is. We were talking about earlier. There, there are twenty thousand people needed to do to do five G uh, technical uh, updates of of uh, the five G inter uh, uh, cellular poles. Who climb the poles? Yeah, fifty to hundred thousand dollars a year. Uh, uh, I mean, pick a lane, anyone. I don't care which one it is. Just pick a lane. So as much education as you can shove down your throat. Get certified in something that's hard to somebody to compete with. Number two, financial literacy. Number three, we need massive internships in this country. Massive. Number four, massive apprenticeships. Number five, an assault on scalable entrepreneurship. Those, and then, and then tied to the math, raise your credit score. If we raise credit scores 100 points in our neighborhoods, crime goes down, hope goes up, GDP goes up, cost of funds go down, check cashers go away, payday lenders go away, banks come in, banks want to start green lighting because the new color is green. It's not black or white, it's green. Literally, I know people laugh when I say this, literally, you want to change your neighborhoods, raise credit scores 100 points. And I've done the data, Roland. The poorest state in America is Mississippi. The lowest poor credit score state in America is Mississippi. When you have 700 credit scores, you don't have problems. And if you want to be in the top quartile of the safest neighborhoods in America, raise your credit score 80 points. It literally is a math equation. We've got to stop getting distracted, being emotional, and being angry. Angry doesn't pay a bill. The book is called The Memo. Can't say we didn't get it. We just got it. We need a radical movement of common sense. We need a radicalized, reimagined economic empowerment agenda. That, that is my obsessive focus we need a business plan and when i get frustrated when you see me frustrated about something it may not be what you're talking about or what 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 i think you should be talking about it may be that i think we're distracted uh got it by an issue that ain't that ain't paying you a bill you're not a shareholder you don't have a job whether whether it goes left or goes right it don't change your course of life right. one little bit it is a distraction and you're a spectator it's sort of like for me when i when i see these uh these beefs uh like oh Cardi B versus Mickey Minaj. I'm like, y'all, that don't mean nothing to me. I said, it, I said, and I said, I ain't commenting on it, talking about it, because it literally has no impact on nothing. And if somebody sees me involved in a business Just dispute, straight up. A business dispute. No, I got lawyers. I got attorneys. I got, okay, I got rich people's problems. Nobody should be a, 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 a sad for what's going on. And by the way, if I'm in the arena, I knew what I was doing. I got in the arena. I knew I was going to have days where I won and days that I lost. Yep. No business person wins all the time. So let's stop having rich people problem debates and start focusing on the least of these guys' children. Yep. All of the masses of people who are struggling with too much month at the end of their money. All right. John Hope Bryant, appreciate it, man. Always a pleasure. Love and light. Well, I certainly hope you enjoyed today's special edition of Roland Martin Unfiltered. Our aim is to bring you the news no one else will discuss that impacts black America. Please support what we do by joining our Bring the Funk fan club. Every dollar you give goes to support this show and covering the news that matters. You can pay via PayPal, Cash App, or Square. Just simply go to RolandMartinUnfiltered.com. Also, we want you to subscribe to our YouTube channel. So please go to YouTube.com forward slash Roland S. Martin. Click subscribe, but also turn on your notifications so every time we go live, you'll be immediately notified to see our great independent black-owned content. All right, folks, you have a great day. Holla! You want to check out Roland Martin Unfiltered? 
youtube.com forward slash Roland S. Martin. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. There's only one daily digital show out here that keeps it black and keep it real. It's Roland Martin Unfiltered. See that name right there? Roland Martin Unfiltered. Like, share, subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's youtube.com forward slash Roland S. Martin. And don't forget to turn on your notifications so when we go live, you'll know it. Hey, everybody, this is Sherry Shepard. You're watching Roland Martin Unfiltered. And while he's doing Unfiltered, I'm practicing the wobble. I am. Because Roland Martin's the one, he will do it backwards. He will do it on the side. He messes everybody up when he gets into the wobble because he doesn't know how to do it, so he does it backwards. And it messes me up every single time. So I'm working on it. I got it. You got Roland Martin. Hi, my name is Latoya Luckett, and you're watching Roland Martin Unfiltered. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Mac Wiles, and you are watching Roland Martin Unfiltered. What's up, y'all? It's Ryan Destiny, and you're watching Roland Martin Unfiltered. What up, Lana Well, and you are watching Roland Martin Unfiltered. You want to support Roland Martin Unfiltered? Be sure to join our Bring the Funk fan club. Every dollar that you give to us supports our daily digital show. There's only one daily digital show out here that keeps it black and keep it real. As Roland Martin Unfiltered. Support the Roland Martin Unfiltered daily digital show by going to RolandMartinUnfiltered.com. Our goal is to get 20,000 of our fans contributing 50 bucks each for the whole year. You can make this possible. RolandMartinUnfiltered.com. Hey, fam. From BBC Radio 4. Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender.